Hey, hi, hello, how are you? And welcome back to Watch It Again, the podcast where we go through 101 movies to see before you die. As always, I'm your host, Jacob, and with me are... I'm Kat. I'm Nick. And I'm James. And we're all in the same room together. Yay! And this week, it's Matern. So, yeah. So take it away, Jacob. (laughs) we are going to talk about Ghostbusters from 1984, as you probably would have assumed by reading the episode title (laughs) of this. Yeah. Maybe one day we should just write a completely different movie and then be like, didn't, we do, didn't we do that? <laughs> it was like definitely like a not a couple of weeks ago something. for Reservoir Dogs yeah, or something. It was like not yeah. Reservoir Dogs, but no. And yeah. it was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. Um, so, uh, Ghostbusters came out on the 8th of June in 1984. It had a budget of around 30 million. I thought it came out in 2016. We will talk about that later. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it had a budget of $30 million. And its final theatrical gross was $295.7 million. Uh, Adjusted for inflation, this is Columbia's most successful movie of all time. Shit. Damn. So, nice. did well. Um, so, do we want to talk plot or all my fun trivia facts first? Maybe, can we go through the plot and you say your trivia facts as they come up? No, I'm not going to remember that. <laughs> there's, there's there's a fair few of them. There's uh, essentially five pages of random shit I've written down about this movie. Well, okay, what? what if we just assume that everyone has seen the movie okay. because you should have seen it I mean, it everyone's now. definitely seen Ghostbusters. So, okay, so I'll just, I'll just start reading through some notes and stuff. Um, cool. Yeah. So I'll read out a class list first because I'm going to mention characters in the notes by names, obviously not actors. Mm-hmm. So the movie stars Bill Murray as Dr. Peter Venkman, Dan Aykroyd as Dr. Raymond Stance, Sigourney Weaver as Dana, Harold Ramis as Dr. Egon Spengler, Ernie Hudson as Winston, favourite character, I fucking love Winston, um, Richard Morris as Lewis Tully, William um, Atherton, I think his last name is, is Walter Peck, it was directed by Ivan Reitman and written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. Dana and Winston don't have last names, do they? Well, I wrote their last names, but I can't read my own handwriting, so oh, I skipped enough. it. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're there, but, you know. I was just going to say, the minorities. In the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'll go, this is a fun fact number one. In the original script, there is no women. At all. How is Murray Gay in the original work? script? No, um, Sigourney Weaver's character doesn't exist in the original script. Right. right. Yes. We'll get to more on the original okay. script later. Okay. So um, I'll start off with halfway through its cinematic release, Reitman ran a new trailer. So in the trailer it had like the, who are you going to call, like Ghostbusters, their ad, mm. and it had the 555 and then the number, but they changed it to a real phone number. Oh, so people So when you called it, it, it had um, Venkman, well, Murray and... Um, Ackroyd, like like an answering machine, mm. and you could leave a message. That's cool. So they received over a thousand calls a day. Sorry, over a thousand calls an hour for twenty four hours <laughs> for six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of. Wait, yeah. I want to do the math on that. It was a lot. Was it? What's twenty four? Were there genuine people? I assume there would be. Yeah, there was just people leaving like random yeah. voicemails for the Ghostbusters. Seven times six. Over a million, I'd say. One million eight thousand calls. Yeah, that's Damn. a decent, oh, you know. Shit. So like it went well. Um So when writing, Howard Ramis never intended to include himself in the movie. So when it got to casting, he was the only one that then they eventually saw fit to fill that role. 
So then he eventually – so it wasn't written for himself. He just – there it was. Wait, which one does he play again? Sorry. Egon. Um, that's Egon. Right. Um, also, Winston was meant to appear in the film at page 28 in the script but doesn't actually appear until page 65. So a lot of his character was cut. He's really not in either of these as much no, as I remember. he's really yeah. not. He's Yeah. Um, he's just there for like the final battle. Kind of. And that's about I, I it. I feel like it's just like they needed four because these, these things always seem to work in like team uh, the team of four. Yeah. Yeah. So Slimer was designed and then the night before the design was meant to be pitched to the executives – um, the designer was told that it should resemble John Belushi. And he was like, well, thanks for telling me like 12 hours before we <laughs> present this. So he went back and told them that he changed it, but he didn't change a thing. Huh. And it, they, they were like, oh, you've done so well. Like, this is great. Like, <laughs> it looks exactly Belushi. like him. Because <laughs> they wanted to have it, like Slimer was based on his character in um, National Lampoon's Animal House and like a cafeteria scene where he's just stuffing his face full. So it was kind of like a little homage to him and something that I'll come to later on. Um, so the Ghostbusters theme was written by Ray Parker Jr. And he was struggling a lot in trying to like... So he had like a rough outline of the like music, but he was really struggling with lyrics. Mm. And at 4.30 in the morning one day... He was watching an advertise an advertisement for a drain company, in which it said, "Who are you going to call?" And it clicked in his head because he'd seen, like, the Ghostbusters, like, th- like they had like the phone number, but they didn't yeah. have any like thing to go with. And he's like, "Oh, who are you going to call?" And then, in the rush to get it done, he couldn't find anyone to, um, like. So the chorus of like like that kind of female voice of Ghostbusters is his daughter and her friends. Ah, <laughs> there you go. Because it just he's just like oh, I just have to get this done. So in the production of this movie, it was greenlit in the May of 1983, mm-hmm. and they had to have it ready for June the next year. Far oh, out. Oh man, that's a really quick turnover. It was essentially from when yeah. they started to when it went to release. It was ten months. Of production Shit. on this film. Such a quick production, yeah. Ten months. So a lot of things that I'm going to talk about were super rushed. Mm. Like extremely you can, rushed. You, you can tell I'm just in still some st- parts of it. I'm just still stuck on that last one. I love that like one of the most iconic like movie songs is just a, a couple of 12-year-old yeah. yeah. girls or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Ghostbusters. So I'm going to talk a bit now. I'm going to skip to the last two pages or three pages of my notes and then come back. So there's a really good documentary on Netflix and it's called The Movies That Made Us. And there's an episode on Ghostbusters. Mm. So I also, I'd watched this ages ago and I also watched it again yesterday and wrote some things down. So um, Dan Aykroyd's original script was set in the future where there was Ghostbusters teams everywhere. They were essentially like plumbers or tra- they were just oh, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And there was only three of them being... Him, like played by him, like Dan Aykroyd himself, Eddie Murphy and John Belushi. Hmm. Eddie Murphy was just like, no, nah, I don't want to do this. And while writing the script, um, Dan Aykroyd got a phone call 
while writing lines for John Belushi to be told that John Belushi had passed away while writing lines for him for the film. So John Belushi was on board and they were like, they had worked together a lot and then he died and he was like, well, well, do it. So he kind of carried on and they're like, we need to find someone yeah, to fill this um, role. That would have been very sad. Yeah. Well, like watching the thing, like he's like genuinely like when Dan Ackerwood's like telling the story in the document, like he's visibly upset. Like even like, you know, what, 35 years later from when this came out. Mm. Um, so Belushi and Ackroyd had been like they were flying high off the back of Saturday Night Live and just they'd been in like four or five big comedy hits leading up to this together mm. and they were like this powerhouse team. But there was a third kind of comedic actor that was included in like these things and been working with them a lot. And on Sunday Night Live, and that was um, Bill Murray. And then they were like, he told her, yeah, I'm on board, yeah, I'm on board, like, I'll do it. Never signed anything. And the whole production team was just like, is Bill Murray on board? All the executives were like, is he doing it? And Dan Aykroyd, yeah, yeah, he's in, he's in, he's in. The day before filming's meant to start. So the day before, so they're meant to start, first scenes are shooting at 10.30 the next morning. And everyone's like, where the fuck is Bill Murray? Mm. From all reports, he was still in Paris and was not going to be there. And everyone's like, fuck, what do we do? Like, where is he? He hasn't signed anything. Ackroyd's just said he's going to be in it. He's going to be here. 8 a.m. the next morning, he walked into set and went, all right, let's do it. Just oh appeared. Where Out was of, he? No one knows. That's, he just <laughs> appeared at set and everyone was like, Oh, okay, so he's back in the country then, like he's here. I like to think Dan Aykroyd just been like, so you remember that thing I asked you about? You're still yeah. cool for He's like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I'll be there tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> like it was just... It, it sounds like Dan Aykroyd is used to that at this oh, point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, I, that is the most stressful story I think I've heard someone tell, just yeah. hearing that. It makes me go, huh? like, like just because I've had to organise shit yeah. like that. And I'm like, like supposedly oh, Bill Murray was just always late to things or sometimes just didn't appear until like two days later. He just came in, did his thing, and walked out. Mm. And it was a lot like that in Ghostbusters. Like, he'd walk in, completely improvise a scene, and then walk out. <laughs> and it was like, okay, sick. So in the production of this film, um, 80, 80% of shots in this movie uh, take one. Wow. 80%. I guess, like, they had to do that. Like, they would have the camera rolling and they would either take one or take two and Bill Murray, like, you know, would walk into a room and say something and they'd be like, all right, cut. They'd do a second take. Bill Murray would walk into the room, say something completely different. And every single take, he'd say something different. And they're like, oh, fuck, like... And there was ones where it's just like he'd say something and then um, Reitman would be like, yep, that's the one, let's move on, let's go, like, we've got to get this done. They were send when it got to the post production stage, the visual effects team was sending sh- test shots through, and Reitman was adding them into the edit. There was no, yep, that's great. Like finalize, it was like, yep, that's in, that's in, oh because it got to a point that when they finished filming, they had two and a half months to do post production to when this opened in theaters, oh. and there was no, there was no margin. Just, just for comparison, for those who don't know much about movie. Like, Filmmaking, yeah. Mm. What is the average kind of post post production for a thirty million dollar movie? 
post-production, like for, well, say, a visual effects oh, yeah. heavy film, would usually be like eight to 12 months. Like you're, you're closing, you're, like you're filming for only like a three, four-month block. Mm-hmm. And then once the entire next year almost is visual effects. And this and movie was essentially shot... In that entire, in, yeah. yeah, it's just so condensed. And that two and a half months wouldn't have been post-production because that's when it's being released, so it's well, probably... What they were doing and is what saved them is that um, Reitman and, I can't remember the editor's name, every night after sh- shooting were cutting scenes together. Getting so they were essentially it, yeah. filming it in like and editing at the same time so that everything that wasn't VFX was ready to By go. The and they said if they didn't do that, they never would have made it. That sounds oh, like um, Tommy Wiseau and the room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think a better example. I think Kevin Smith does that as well. Mm, Plays his own editor and just does yeah. it all the day after. I yeah. I I, I don't know. I, I couldn't do that. No. I understand why you would do it because I guess like it's fresh in your mind. You know what sort of vision yeah. you want to come from what you've shot. You don't have to wait x yeah. amount of months, then come back to it and go, oh, what was I trying to achieve here? But also that is hella stressful and you would just get no sleep. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would be burnout inducing. Yeah. So 100%. Frank Price, at the time when this was – well, he was the one that signed off on it. So he was the president of Columbia Pictures at the time and it came to him. And Reitman and a couple of others had done some huge projects before that it had made – like I think Reitman had just come off the back of – it was, but they had a $10 million budget and it made 80-something million as a comedy movie mm. in the early days. So he, they went in with a rough story outline and that was it. And before they even got a chance to tell the story outline, Frank Price just said, how much? Didn't ask any questions, just said, how much? And one of them went, oh, about $30 million. And he just went, yep, yeah, okay, go. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. But you have one condition. has to come out in June next year. <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, that's fine. Like, we can do that. Don't worry, don't worry about it." And left went, "Oh fuck, what have we done?" <laughs> so that was in <laughs> May of 1983, and obviously they had it until June 84. Um, it would the be, first issue. Oh, you go. Oh, sorry, you it, go. Would, it would be interesting to see what they could have done with, like, say, ten million more and an extra year. Yeah, probably a worse movie. Yeah, probably. yeah. So that's their first possible. issue was. We need someone to do the visual effects. And at this time, there was kind of only like one visual effects studio in Hollywood, mm. and that was ILM. They were busy. What but, doing? Oh, I can't remember. They were, um, they were doing Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah. Actually, no, not Raiders. Great it was um, Temple of Doom, sorry. Great movie. So they were currently in the, in, great in the, like, the process list. of Temple of <laughs> Doom. But there was a man named Richard Edland, and he was a one of the top visual effects artists at ILM and he wasn't happy at ILM and there was a large portion of ILM that was not happy with how the business was being run. So Frank Price and um, Columbia Pictures threw $5 million his way to create his own visual effects company (laughs) called Boss Films and he then went and handpicked who he wanted from ILM and took them. Oh my gosh! And they walked. They walked out in mid-production of Temple of Doom to come and do this, and just walked out the door, and that was it. So many enemies. So, 
It's now, for you, baby. Columbia's now yes. thrown an extra $5 million at this movie, essentially to create their own VFX studio. This pissed off Columbia Pictures owners, a big old great company called Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> because in the previous year, Coca-Cola fancied themselves as movie makers. So they went and bought Columbia Pictures. And uh, after this, they weren't happy, so they fired Frank Price. Oh, no. So he was gone. But before he left, he ensured that the, – because Coke didn't want this movie made. Like, you're spending $30 million on a, like, essentially, like, science fiction VFX-heavy comedy movie. Mm. Coke was did not want this. Like, they're like, there's no way you're making money. Yeah, it doesn't like, sound like something This is the dumbest thing you're doing. But he made sure that Reitman had full control and Coke couldn't bin this film. So once production started, that was it. It was it was in the works. It's coming out. Like as long as they make that deadline, then this movie's sweet. coming out. So the other issue was what's Frank doing now? I'll come back to Frank. Oh no, Frank comes back later as a very important person. <laughs> He's now the president of a Starbucks. <laughs> because Ghostbusters, the name, was owned by a company called Filmation, and they had a television show called The Ghostbusters. Oh, with the uh, chimp. Yeah. And so they couldn't use the name. So in the early stages of filming, they were using – because they so they went and then tried to file to buy the name from Filmation. So – and that this – like Filmation, for like context, was the company that was also making He-Man Masters of the Universe at the time. Like they were doing a couple of things and – um, so while they were filming, they were doing everything twice. So they had Ghostbusters and Ghostbreakers. Ah. Until the scene where they're outside of the hotel and they arrive and there's the big crowd and everyone starts cheering Ghostbusters. Fun fact, that's not in the script. (laughs) (laughs) So these guys, they were filming on the streets of New York. You've got Bill Murray. You've got Dan Aykroyd. You've got Harold Ramis. They are on the streets of New York and that's like their home turf. These people crowded around just to see them. In the streets, and like they had the big, you know, the Ghostbusters cars. Yeah. They just started chanting Ghostbusters, <laughs> right? And they recorded it all and just kept filming. <laughs> they then asked them to film Ghost Break, like to chant Ghost Breakers, and a couple of them <laughs> did, but they weren't that into it. <laughs> like, no. But before doing that, when they were chanting Ghostbusters, Reitman called the studio and was like, listen to this, and just held the phone up and went, it's Ghostbusters, we're going with it. And they took the punt that the legal case would settle and that they'd get the rights and dropped Ghostbreakers completely and just kept filming. <laughs> they got to the end of the filming shoot and were in post-production and the legal case was still pending. A month before the movie was meant to come out, Frank Price comes back on the scene because he's now the president of Universal Pictures. And guess who Universal Pictures owns? <laughs> Filmation. <laughs> And guess who went, give them the name and just like just sign it all off? Frank Price. (laughs) So from the man that greenlit the film in the first place, then just gifted them the name. That's great. What a legend. That's so good. Just because Coke essentially fired him and he went to Universal Pictures, they got to keep the name and that whole crisis was averted. Because Filmation was asking for so much money and Columbia was like, we're not paying you that. Yeah. Yeah, and that that was, you know, the full circle for that. Yeah. that's so good. At the time of filming, the rooftop set 
was the largest sound stage in Hollywood. Huh. It's the biggest sound stage in Los Angeles. Like it was, and it took up the whole thing. Damn. The set was huge. Um, they had an early screening that featured no VFX at all. So none of the ghosts. So nothing. There was no or? special effects at all. And the first like real like heavy special effects shot that kind of came in because it was like things where like shots were just like it was just uh, the room yeah, and the ghost just wasn't there and like the audience was responding well and then it got to um, the fridge mm. where she opens the fridge and it cuts and it's like yeah. <laughs> and it just says VF, like insert VFX here just pops <laughs> up on the screen and then it cuts back and she screams and slams the fr- fridge shut and the audience screamed oh the audience responded extremely well to this test screening because, like, we need to see what's happening. Like, have we done this right? Yeah. And that test screening went fantastic. Even without any visual, with no visual effects, and like That's we, and tell they were like, something. "We're onto something here." So they were just adding in, like, shots. Did they have the like claymation at that point of the like dogs or whatever they are? No, they hadn't. The only shot that was there was the Mister Stapeuff Marshmallow's head. Coming past, that was the only thing, but of course they had shots like in the library where all the cards are going up and yeah. all because like, yeah. that was all practical. Yeah. So all the practical yeah. stuff was there, but none of the um like other stuff yeah was in there. Interesting. So the firehouse that's used, yeah, it's two different firehouses. So the external is um that's in that's in New, York. in New York, and that's a fully f- at the at the like modern time it is a fully functioning that's firehouse. Cool. The interior was a building in um, Los Angeles that is now actually being condemned because there's a line where, like, Harold Ramis' character, like, Egos is like, yeah. this building should be condemned. Now actually <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> um, in that, uh, in the firehouse in New York, they actually have the Ghostbusters logo inside yeah. when they open the door. That's cool. But it's, but it's the Ghostbusters 2 logo. So it's uh-huh. the ghost doing the peace uh-huh. sign. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michael Keaton. Turned down both roles of Dr. Venkman and Egon. So he refused Why? to do both. Can't tell you. He would have been good. Um, I would have liked to have seen him in that. Not as... um. What's Howard Ramis's character's name again? Egon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, that wouldn't have worked. I don't know. Oh, Keaton's good, but yeah. Um, so the original... Enough. Oh, but I guess he was a comedy guy back then, hey, because that's before yeah. Batman. Yeah. yeah, he's like, he was, yeah, it was just... Yeah, he would have yeah. been all wiry and like, yeah. all... So, Dan Aykroyd, <laughs> Maybe. Harold Ramis and Ivan Reitman spent three weeks in Martha's Vineyard revising Aykroyd's original script. They got to a point where it started with the, like, with Ecto-1 flying out of the firehouse and then going straight to a call. Mm. So, it was going to jump straight into the action. But um, Ivan Wright was like, "No, I want like I want a backstory for these characters. I want to see how they got to this point. Not just it's like they got like um, Ramis and Acker got to a point where like okay, like the open instead of the opening shot being the lion's head and then into the library, it was going to be like just Ecto one flying with like lights and sirens out of the yeah. firehouse and just straight into some action. Mm-hmm. Like no, he's like I want to build this and like see yeah. how they get to here. And obviously they eventually got to the script that we got um 
I think it works really well how they have structured it because you see the whole development yeah. of, and how they got to that point. And I don't think it would have worked as well if they, yeah, just jumped straight into the action. Um, Chevy Chase, I was a huge comedic actor yeah. at, this to- at this point, turned down, also turned down the role of Ventman. Um, he was upset with the final script. So when he was f- like first like auditioned for it, he was given a version of the script. But that wasn't the final version. And he said if it was that version, he would have done it. Yeah. Because I said it was a lot darker and scarier and closer to like a horror comedy than just a comedy. the family comedy that we kind of ended up with. Yeah. yeah. And once he saw the final version, he's like, no, I'm not doing this. And then they're like, oh. It's funny okay. that a renowned comedy actor didn't like yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, too much comedy. Yeah. Um, also, is it really a family movie? Yeah, I would well, say so. It, like, <laughs> they never intended it to be. Yeah. But. It, like, kids at the time really enjoyed this. Yeah. Like, it was really successful with a younger audience and they were like, oh, I think it's okay. like I think it's, like, scary but not so scary yeah. that you couldn't watch it if you were, it's like, funny. five. Yeah. yeah. It's a very, yeah, silly like, comedy. Yeah. So. Like, you look at Slimer or whatever and, like, he's not yeah. scary. Yeah. It's a very childish character but then yeah. also, like, doesn't, yeah, Dan, and it's a Dan Aykroyd gets his dick sucked like, by a ghost. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I forgot about I, that. Yeah, I, like, I was like eight when I watched this. I, I don't remember that. No, see, that would have gone like over your head yeah. at like that age. It's very, it's yeah. very short and kind of. I was of like, "Holy shit!" That's yeah. <laughs> I'm sure uh, there's plenty of like family friendly type of stuff that has things like that and yeah. just goes straight over kids. Yeah, heads. kids don't I notice. Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Christopher Walken, John Lithgow, Christopher Lloyd, and Jeff Goldblum all turned down the role of Doctor Egon Spengler. So all of them turned that and rolled out. So this is why I went to the point where, like, Harold Ramis never intended to be in the film, but they went yeah. through so many different people. He's like, okay, I well, guess I'm doing it. Goldblum in? Because At this Jurassic time? Park hadn't come out. What year did The Fly come out? I was going to say, <laughs> I think The Fly is the 90s. Would he have yeah. done um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Yeah, it would have been. I don't know. But that's like, like – Maybe he would have been more reserved back then, but I, mean, I, so I, I just picture him being like, oh, oh, like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh there's I, I protect I, I, I collect mold and funguses and spores and yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. being like like he is now. Yeah. So I, um, I like that he, like, it's played straight. It was the film debut for CNN's like prime presenter Larry King. So he's like Brief little cameo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and mm. it was the first time he was ever in a movie. He's, oh. and he's, been, he's done that little cameo thing in so many different, like, yeah. he, more things now. He's fatter than, like, <laughs> than he is now. Like, he's, like, a, he's tiny now, but yeah, he, was, well, like, he, old and he was built back then. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just picture him always being, like, 100. Yeah. And like just yeah, that, that tiny, tiny little, little old man, man yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Huey Lewis and the News turned down the offer to write and record the theme. Oh, that would have been great. They later sued Ray Parker Jr., citing similarities to their earlier hit, I Want a New Drug, because they sound really similar. I know that one. <laughs> but it's fine. Um, we'll have to listen to it in the car on the way home. Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters was number one in the US for three weeks straight. I think, the- like, it is honestly the most iconic movie it plays theme at work song. all the time. Like it's just, yeah. it just gets played as a song. It, it's it on the radio a, sometimes. It's, just, it's a good yeah. song, and like people just 
know it. Even if you've never seen the movie, you just know it. My one note from this movie is Ray Parker Jr. is more important than Bill Murray or Dan Aykroyd. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steve Gutenberg also turned down the role of Venkman to st- instead star in Police Academy. Um, there's a Time magazine in the like movie with them oh, on the yeah. cover. In the corner... It um, has a thing that says the new poets and there's a face. Um, That picture, like the guy, is Michael C. Gross, who was the No Ghosts logo designer. So he designed the Ghostbusters logo. Um, I liked that little touch, like the insert of the different um, publications with their mm. cover, I guess, stories. Yeah. That was cool. Um, I mentioned that. Oh, Harvey Comics sued Columbia Pictures, saying that the logo looked too much like the Casper character Fatso. The court ruling against them, so in Columbia's favour, stating that there were only so many ways you can you draw, draw a ghost. ghost. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rick Moraris is the only male in the principal cast that is under six foot. And he's only five foot four. He's the only one ever. Every male in the movie, he is the only one under six foot in height. I'm like, that's unfortunate, buddy. See, when I picture Ernie Hudson, I picture him like shorter too. Not not Rick Moranis short, but like. No, they are all very tall men. Um, Tom Hanks and Robin Williams were also considered for the role of Vankman before they went to Bill Murray. Um, I feel like that, like we should rename this podcast to "Who Was Considered for the Yeah, movie I know. Every time it's like all of these famous people, and they all said no. Featuring can, mostly Harrison Ford and Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. always. Can um, anyone tell me what Ivan Reitman, the director's cameo, is in this film? He's definitely one of the oh. ghosts, isn't he? Nope. No, or sort of. Oh, is he in the hotel? No. Wait, is he the, is he the bad like the the main enemy thing at the end before Stay Puff? Like the 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 the, the, the destructor European or? supermodel, yeah. Chick, no, it's not. <laughs> it. oh, um, it. When Sigourney Weaver's character Dana is possessed and she's, you know, coming on to Venkman, um, the voice that said "There is no Dana, only Zool" ah. is Ivan Reitman. There you go. His big deep voice. Cool. Um, the building, like the main building that's in focus, that like you know, yeah. Open the portal was in real life, like that building in real life is only 20 stories tall. So it was nowhere there, but in the movie, there's a shot from it across Central Park where it's considerably taller. Yeah, it looks so like a model. Yeah, so that it was a painting. Yeah, I was watching this with Lockie and I said to him, I was like, that's painting. Yeah, so it was a painting. <laughs> so most of the exterior shots, the building is replaced. Yeah. Because they had to make it look bigger. And when it came out on DVD, Reitman and a couple of the other producers and like Ackroyd weren't happy because it started to like the increasing quality of like like what it was being shown on Made it more was obvious. highlighting yeah. the absolute short like the shortcuts they were taking with visual effects. Like, stop making a movie look bad <laughs> because the lower the quality, the better it actually looks. Yeah. <laughs> because it masks all their like there's parts where there's a, like in the um, Netflix document that shows like a shot. And the building, there's like a building that's pasted in the foreground over the top of the painting. Yeah. Like they added the building back in. And the building is shaking. 
in that VFX shot, like the building is just wobbling. And if you look at the, like if you watch, the building just moves in the background, like it's just side to side. <laughs> and it's like, well, we can't fix it. We don't have time. Like it's just, very windy. just put it in, yeah. Because there's a few shots, because there's one that looks like, like these days it would have just been taken with a drone. Yeah. But it's like from up above and it's just like, yeah, you can see that it's all painted around yep. it and then they've just inserted the yeah. the clip on top. <laughs> they didn't have time. <laughs> um I'm almost out of notes. Oh no! I think you've done pretty well here. Yeah, I do. I do have one very. We're only a third of the way through, anyway. Yeah, I do have a very sad note to end on in this. Um. So, Howard Ramis and um, Bill Murray after Ghostbusters Two didn't work together again until Groundhog Day. In which point, by the time of that filming. So um, Ramis wrote and directed Groundhog Day and obviously Murray's side. By the time of filming wrapped on that, they weren't talking to each other. Aww. No one knows what happened, but their friendship essentially ended. In the documentary, Ramis's daughter is like featured. So she, because obviously like Howard Ramis passed away. So she kind of, like everyone else kind of gets interviewed. Well, Bill Murray, but like the others, like Dan Aykroyd and stuff get interviewed and she's there talking about her dad. And she was saying that, just before he died, Bill Murray came to town and went to the police station and went and asked them, where's his house? So he essentially got a police escort. So one of the cops jumped in the cop car and Bill Murray followed the cop car to Howard Ramis's house. And he's always saying she remembered Bill Murray knocking on the door and asking him to come in and apologised. And they spent hours talking to each other and he essentially mended their friendship a couple of Aww. weeks before he died. So he rocked up and was like, you know, like, and she was saying like, he was like so apologetic and sorry and they yeah. ended on good terms. Well, that's great. That's really and I was like, that's nice. fucking sad. And yeah. she's like, yeah. like upset and like, yeah. So, you know, after years of them not talking, a couple of weeks before he died, Bill Murray showed up and was, you know, wanted to make peace and end as friends. Yeah. But she said even like no one knows what, what happened, happened between yeah, them? Shit. Like, what caused them not to talk, and then what caused Bill Murray to come back? And a pol- you know, much so just though, like Bill Murray walking into your police station. Yeah, and like, he does it often. He like <laughs> really? there's, there's I think there's a documentary about it, but he he will just rock up to house parties and like if you're like at a restaurant eating food, he'll just, like, take some of your food and, like, say, no one will ever believe you and just walk off. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's yeah. supposed to like this. I think there's even a phone number. You can, like, call him, leave a voicemail, say, hey, I'm having a party here, and he might show up. That would be great. Or if he just sees, like, yeah, he's if he's walking outside a house and there's, a, like, some frat party going on, he'll just walk in. And he's Bill fucking Murray, man. Yeah, like, everyone knows who but he is. Like so it's New Year's Eve, cat. Send a message yeah, to Bill sure. Murray. Yeah. <laughs> The movie, there's a point, like, they're in the mayor's office mm. and, like, kind of the main human villain. He's just like, this guy's got no dick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that Just him being Bill Murray. But and then, then... But that's that one, I feel oh, like he ruined that one by, like, after, like, the guy, like, goes to fight him and then he yells, well, that's what I've heard anyway. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> I yeah, saw some so theory on YouTube, like, someone, like, they were, like, I think it was Red Letter Media. They were, like... Oh, Bill Murray probably said it and was like, wait a minute, I don't think want the audience to think I'm a homosexual. How would they know that I'm that I know he doesn't have a dick? So that was <laughs> yeah. added later. Yeah, but yeah, it was just like <laughs> there was so much just him improvising 
and there's scenes where there's like him and Aykroyd and they knew where the story had to go. But if you read the script and then watch the scene, there's not a single word that's the same. <laughs> yeah. So they were just doing what they did best on like Saturday Night Live and stuff and were just, just improvising around. for ages. But it was um, Sigourney Weaver's idea that her character – so they were kind of stuck at a couple of points, like story points, and she had the idea that her – like because she obviously read like the script that they had that her character should turn into a dog. And then um, Martin was like, yeah, that's a great idea, and then they did it. That's cool. Yeah. It's like you fixed my like. There's a, there was just a bit missing. It's like, what do we do here? And I don't know yeah. why she didn't leave her apartment when she opened her fridge. And I don't know. There was another but world in there. Reitman was saying that when she had the idea, she got on all fours on his coffee table and pretended to be the dog. And he said, "I was just sitting at my desk, like, what the fuck is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, she just started howling and like barking and like he was like, "Oh, okay." Oh God. <laughs> yep. This sure. movie really does have everything, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's mm. so much. Just it's yeah, just insanity. Man, um, oh man. Yeah. Also, when she like, when the dogs kind of die and she's like stuck in it, that would have been scary if you were like fully in that and then you just oh, the, yeah, the, had to break out. Oh, yeah, I would they not were just have cracking that. pieces off. I'm like, I know. just break her arm. Yeah, yeah. 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 he was like, he just snaps he was it, yeah. smacking it, and I'm like, dude, he's just gonna punch <laughs> yeah. her in the head. Yeah. <laughs> Oh well. Oh good. So obviously this movie has spawned a sequel, cartoon series, video games. Um apparently the video game's really good. Yeah, supposedly. And then a third movie that is coming out was meant to come out this year. It's meant to have already been out by now, but it will be coming out I think it's June or something next year. Mm. And that'll be, you know, Ghostbusters three. But there's also a rebooted Ghostbusters from 2016 that was written and directed by Paul Feig. Mm. This movie did not do well. No. And Paul Feig has a very interesting reasoning as to why it didn't. Anyone want to know what he said? So it's 20, what, what was big in America in 2016? What was happening? The Me Too movement. Oh. What Donald else was Trump. happening? Hillary Trump. and Trump. Trump and Hillary. So do you know what his reasoning is, why he says the movie didn't do well? Because Trump won. Because the big anti-Hillary movement and Donald Trump did a rant, like a ranting tweet about it. Huh. That's his own words as to ranting, why Trump tweeted about the yeah Trump tweeted about Ghostbusters. Oh really? Like complaining about it, and then because everyone in America hated Hillary, that oh no one's going to go and see an all female Ghostbusters movie. No, no one went and saw it because because it's not openly, funny. Uh, <laughs> I I didn't watch it again for this I because. Did. Well, I saw it at the time, and I I think because it was what at six months of just shit talking about yep. it, and like you know, like the whole like I don't know being all, all the like basement dwellers stereotype being yep. um, targeted for it, and I think by the time I saw it, I was like, really, is this just what people have gotten so upset about? Yeah. It's the exact same structure yeah, as the there first is one. No yeah, difference. it's the complete like I think. I don't think the women is the problem no. with it. Like, no. if, if they had done the idea of getting, like, Seth Rogen and James Franco and done, like, that kind of thing, I feel like that would have been worse. Yeah. At least with this, it's a gimmick and it's something. Yeah. It's something That's different. The, but I don't know. I feel like if they had taken it and just, oh, I don't know, just a different sort of 
story it yeah. would have been nice so rather think, than the same like have like five women have two i don't know yeah. you don't need but that's like the thing yeah. is the don't actresses in have the w- more than one black woman. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I like to imagine like they're like writing and the, the whole male secretary. Like, yeah, they're, yeah. They're like, oh, should we invert the races too? No, no, one. <laughs> That's but it. Also, but it's also <laughs> like have the only black woman in the same role as the only black man from the first yeah. one. But also, she's just a stereotype. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, but they all are. But. Like, yeah, the, the, yeah, but like the whole st- I know the streets thing, that wasn't a thing yeah. with Winston. Like he was just no. a dude. Yeah, like I don't, he, I don't yeah. feel like Winston well, really. That's the thing. With Winston, a lot of his backstory was cut out. So he was meant to be a former soldier who had been working, like, and also like a former like city worker. And then he was working whatever he is when he gets to the, like in the movie. But he knew New York. Yeah. And that was like the whole point. Like he knows New York. But like in the 2016 version... I watched it yesterday. I laughed once. And it wasn't at a joke. It was in a moment. <laughs> like it, was, it, it was a laugh at, holy fuck, was that was queef? terrible. No. Oh. <laughs> it was like, that was, that was like, a, what the fuck was that? Laugh like. But like. Do tell. It, it's like, the, it's the Chris Hemsworth where he's mind controlling everyone dancing. Mm. And it was just like, why are we doing this? Like, why? Do we have all the military and police in formation in front of you and you're making them do a dance? Like, why is this a necessary plot point? Yeah. Mm. But the whole film, like, it does roughly follow, the like, the plot of the first one. Can I say the part I laughed at? Yes. It um, It's Jared from Silicon Valley at the start. Oh, I love Jared. Okay, so I'm watching The Office and Jared's just come into oh, it. Yeah. I was like, oh, Jared. Oh, when he's screaming and... Yeah, like, and the floor bursts around yeah. underneath him. Like, the least, like, I don't know, it's shit compared to the first yeah. one. But, like, he's um, got the Ghostbusters come over and, like, oh, no, no, the, the old guy gets the Ghostbusters yeah. to come over and they're like, oh, we spoke to this dude. Oh, yeah. And Jared's like... That guy's been dead for 70 years. And they're like, oh my God, he was a ghost the whole time. And then the guy rocks up and he was like, oh no, this is his son, this guy, yeah, Junior. And obviously, <laughs> we were talking about him. But like, so many of the jokes in this film do not land. No. I think the issue no. is they, they kind of went like, they tried too hard to recreate the first one. Yeah. Because you look at this cast, they've just gone to. Who's funny and who's currently on Saturday Night Live? Yeah, apparently. What really? chicks are on Saturday Night Live? Oh, let's get those four and put them in this. Melissa McCarthy hated the script, apparently. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. Mm. <laughs> it's like, I think most the, people do. Well, there wasn't one, apparently. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, oh, let's get these four that are doing this and then not let them improvise as much and make them follow this script. Yeah. Mm. That sucks. Because they're f- like, they are funny, yeah. funny actresses. They are. Yeah. It's like it's a good cast that have been individually. Everyone in this film has been really good in something. Yeah. yeah. But in this, I hadn't seen Kate McKinnon anything lately, but I think she's gotten a lot more since yeah. that. So I guess that's yeah. worth it. I guess like she's in something yeah. that I like. She but was in. Yeah. Uh, I watched yesterday. Yeah, yeah. 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 She's in that. Yeah. She's. A, I feel like she's, she's good in that. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like she plays the same character in every movie. Yeah. But I feel like that with uh, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, mm, I in, think uh, she is the same stereotype. character in everything. The I think I was trying to remember what Melissa McCarthy movie I like. Um, Spy is really good because she that that character of her yelling and 
yeah, falling over and shitting film, her pants. Yeah. Like that's like that comes mm. as a result of something because she yeah. has to be like that. Yeah. Like that's not her nature. That. Yeah, it's just. But yeah, this is just kind of like nothing. Like they're trying it's kind of a nothing so movie. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make an impact at all. No, and like, it, it it seems like they're so anti the original Ghostbusters. Like the yeah. final villain is the Ghostbusters logo. Yeah. And they're like, and it, it's they too seem self aware at the same time as being. They they it seems like they really want to get away from the first one, but they they're copying it exactly. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, uh, Bill Murray was like almost going to face legal action if he didn't play ball with the new movie. What's the thing? Dan Aykroyd and Ivan Reitman are producers on this film. And they want to get rid of Ivan Reitman, apparently. Yeah. And they both publicly have said it's shit. (laughs) And it's like, my question is, they're both listed in the end credits as producers pretty early in the credits. Mm. But like, I feel that their role was extremely small and that yeah. they were consulting producers for just because they obviously like probably like own the rights to yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah. But like they both hated it. Yeah. Well, Ernie Hudson was talking shit. I, I think maybe when it was just a concept of doing mm. an all-female Ghostbusters, he was like, that sounds fucking terrible. No, thank you. And then when it came, went into production, he was like, oh, actually, what I meant was that's not what the fans want. Like, yeah. But, like, when you think about it. Happening. Yeah. When you think about it, we have a new Ghostbusters movie coming out next year that should have already come out. Mm. That is continuing on from the second one in a modern-day setting. By Jason Reitman, yeah. too. You're including, so. like, the main kid Somewhat is wholesome. the grandson of one of the original like, you're expanding on this world. Mm. What would have made the 2016 version good is do that. Some yeah. and the first Don't trailer, reboot it. The first trailer makes it look like that. Like, that trailer that's got, like, the most dislikes of any movie yeah. trailer on the in the world. It's, Actually? Yes. Oh, fuck. It's, like, the, yeah, the most disliked. And um, it says, like, 30 years ago, some Ghostbusters saved New York. But that's not the story. No. no. They're lying. <laughs> yeah. They should have just continu- – they should have just had – they should have just built on a world where Ghostbusters is a thing yeah. and it is like in every city or because whatever. Which was this, the original script, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? This, yeah. Yeah. this movie exactly. was the perfect opportunity to go, okay, what was Dan Aykroyd's original script where Ghostbusters were everywhere? Yeah. Let's essentially do that. Yeah, it would have been great. It would have been such a good movie. Yeah. And so because many. it's the future from the original. Yeah. You could have Ghostbusters everywhere because... It's a thing now. Yeah. And you just expand on the world and just have – you could even have an all-female team, which is your following, yeah. and then just have other teams that are featured in the film. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah. this one's just have all Have random chicks. cameos yeah. of, like, well, I think think great you actors. Have, you have Bill Murray or whatever, like, that original team. Yeah. yeah. Either one of them – like, you could have Bill Murray still doing it because mm. his character doesn't want to – Thing. But then you have Dan Aykroyd's character and, like, Winston as, like, the heads of the associate – like, of yeah. the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Guys, should we make this movie? I mean. <laughs> like, there was so much like endless possibility yeah. does, so. to do with this. Reboot it, yeah. But they and now they're doing it now because they're like, let's just continue the story because that's what people wanted in the first place. Yeah. But this 2016 version is going to hurt the 2021 yeah. film so much. It's like, oh, it's a new Ghostbusters film. It's like, just ignore the 2016 one yeah, ever happened. Yeah. And which, the, which they are, I would say. They, yeah. they well, made a, a whole sequel to, production yeah. company to make Ghostbusters stuff because, like, leading up to the release of mm. 2016 one, like, 
like all of Sony's eggs were in this basket and like Dan Aykroyd was going on like talk shows talking about, all right, so we're going to have like cartoons. Uh, there's going to be yeah. one about a school for kids are trained to become Ghostbusters. Yeah. Like all this shit. And, and it like fell apart. Yeah, like I think it was called like released, Ghost Corpse or something. Like, they released the worst film ever. Ever. Ooh, Not wow. like, but like Pretty it's bad. fucking shit. Maybe yeah. our rating should be like, I don't know, what's our favourite movie? And then Ghostbusters 2016. <laughs> Is it Ghostbusters 2016 level bad? <laughs> but like this film, visual effects look really good, but I think that drags away from it. Yeah. Because it, it's so it's fucking shiny. All, yeah. Like it doesn't, like that's why like Ghostbusters 1 is so good. It's a gritty 1980s New York like it feels like the real New York City. Like it's yeah. just and then the like the like the visual effects, the ghosts and the lasers and everything yeah. really stand out against it. Yeah. Whereas this, it is the most polished New York. And there's like a big there's like a big battle sequence at the end where they're just using their proton packs to fight. And all ghosts. that happens is their hair gets yeah. frizzy. Yeah. Is that it? But like yeah, like, well, like they go into the little tunnel and their hair comes when they come back, it's right. But like they're just fighting the ghosts. But they're just like on a block. And like beforehand it was daylight. And obviously, yeah, like the big cloud thing comes up and then people run screaming everywhere and everyone disappears and it's like all the cops and the army thing are somehow in this one spot with Chris Hemsworth's character, like, possessed, controlling them dance. And they're walking up to that and he just throws an army of ghosts at them. And and then they fight them off with the parental packs and they keep walking up and they get to him, but there's still ghosts flying around everywhere and it's like, why do we have this weird grey cloud with these ghosts coming out of it pretty much one at a time for them to shoot at and just throw. And it's like, oh, you defeated all those. Come on through. I just remembered. It feels like it's main, a video game level. I just remembered yeah. the, the main ghost villain was a dude the whole movie. Like, yeah. And then he like, killed himself and became yeah, a ghost. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, yeah. But it's like the stereotypical what they were talking shit about like yeah. throughout the whole press of this. So like there's some like fat dude that's like... Lives in a basement somewhere. Yeah, literally. And I wonder if they predicted that. Yeah, it, it's so. It's not good. Yeah, like the that, that that driving like third act doesn't make sense. Yeah, at I was, all. I was really hoping to come in here with a hot take, like having not watched it again yeah. and been like, "Oh, guys, it's not that bad." But I just keep it, remembering because, yeah. <laughs> like, the the amount of shit that's been talked about this for the last five years, I'm like, no, I'm not going to be a stereotype. I don't think there will be a time where it doesn't get shit. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, when people like, forget about it. Yeah, and yeah. like obviously, like we haven't really spoken about Ghostbusters too, but Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've seen Ghostbusters. I too. watched it this morning, and people always talk shit about it. But it's I good. It was, I like I it. Was yeah, fine. it's like, fine. It's, I, I I thought it was kind of like real close. Like the first one. I mean, one's Bill Murray like, hates it, but what is the overall well, he, plot of it? Like, it's just Ghostbusters again. Yeah, it's just yeah. Like it's just they they again. don't actually Ghostbust for like an hour. Like yeah. they rock up. Uh, Ray and uh, Winston rock up to like a kids' party, and you discover that. After the first movie, they were essentially sued for all the damage that happened to New York. So Makes they sense. so they just haven't ghost busted for five years. And um, but then Sigourney Weaver's baby is like getting attacked by ghosts. So then they get back into it, and they're like, "Hey, we're cool. Ghostbusters again." Yeah. And cool. then part like after that, like once the suits are back on, it's like, "Oh, it's not, not as good." But well, B- Bill Murray's like is. Very vocal about like, we just made a sequel, 
and it wasn't great. Yeah. But it could have been. Apparently he phoned like we it blew in a lot it. in that. Yeah. But I, I, can't, I can't really tell. Yeah. He said like... Bill Murray a lot. Like... He was, I think he hates it because it could have been amazing. Yeah. And they're kind of yeah. like, eh, we're doing Ghostbusters too, like, yeah. sick. I, I think that's also what doesn't work for the reboot. Like, yeah. the, the, the first one is a very specific style of comedy, like, real dry and, like, sarcastic. The first one yeah. is probably one of and the greatest comedy movies to come out of the early 80s. Yeah. yeah. But that's just what I, like, that's the kind of humour I find yeah. funny. Yeah. Like, like, the first one's on our list for, for, for a, a reason. reason. Yeah. Because it is such a standout film. And, like, I mean, the visual effects don't hold up today, but you also have to remember that... It was made in 10 months. They were doing it in 10 months, and yeah. that were test shots making it into the final film. None of this was refined. I yeah. think it just really adds to the, like, I think it just adds to yeah. it, honestly. If it was polished and shiny and, like, perfect visual effects, you'd just be yeah. like, but like uh. I watched this yesterday, and... Like, I watched Ghostbusters, like, one in the morning and I watched the 2016 one last night. But, like, it's good. Like, mm. looking at it, like, even the visual effects aren't the best. Yeah. But they still look good. Yeah. Mm. Because even if they're, like, the initial draft, it's the guys that were doing, like, from ILM that have come to do this. Like, they knew what they were doing. And even, like, some of the shots that were, yeah, they were the f- just a draft of it look fantastic. Mm. Mm. And it's like, that's fine. Like, cool. Like, and there's, like and there's a mental... Like watching a movie when you know it's from the eighties or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You, you have you your own mental forgiveness lens. of what it's what it can look like, and like it's you can just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, and not be judging on its technical capabilities because there are shots in these like, fuck, that's good. Like, yeah, that's a good shot for the time, and like it's a convincing. Like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man looks fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Like some of those shots are just great. It makes zero sense why that thing's in the reboot too, because yeah, yeah, it's, it because just in is, the first one, there's a reason why. it's Yes, there. it's conjured yeah. by Ray because he like, thinks that yeah. like he thinks about it. And he's like, oh no, oh no, and they're like, what? And he's like, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> all I could think of. Um, just talking about the graphics, I suppose the guys from ILM, you know, they've been handpicked by this guy to form what was it, Boss Pick? Boss, yeah, Boss, boss yeah, pictures, yeah, um, Boss Movies. Yeah, and um, so I suppose they've got something to prove in a way that yeah, like yeah, deserve this. They're, they're, they're essentially been handpicked like, the best of the best. They like they should be pulling this off. Yeah, mm. and I guess like if they were handpicked to do this movie, they wouldn't be doing much else. True. Yeah, this yeah. is this is like, their entire life yeah. for those few months was this. So it makes yeah. sense that even the first drafts are good. good. Yeah. Yeah. No, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's. I fucking love this film, man. So good. Good choice, Jacob. Yes, 55 minutes into this podcast. <laughs> is that yeah. all of the... That's all. My, mate, my notes ended 15 minutes ago. Well, I suppose <laughs> we should ask you a question, Jacob, but I'm yes. really not sure of the answer. For oh, yes. Would you watch this again? Fuck yeah. I could, watch it. <laughs> I could watch it tonight and it wouldn't even be like... Yeah, it wouldn't be old. Yeah. I love this film, man. It's so good. James, would you? Um, Yes. I'm a lighter yes than you, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's not that surprising. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's funny. It's it's a lot of the like the lower comedy moments get me more in this. Like the like usually in the main scenes, like I'm entertained, but it's but it's it's always the the, the smaller ones that always yeah. just get me. Like I yeah. mean, I know it's a famous line, but even like the the, the spores and mold yeah. thing yeah. is like yeah. one of the best parts for me. Yeah. Um, yes, it's, which you see in the Afterlife trailer, like in yeah. Um, what's his fucking name? Stranger Ki- Things Kid, that one? No, 
No. Um, Harold Ramis's character. I just call oh. him Harold Ramis. Ego. E- Egon's um like little Egon. shed. He's got like yeah. spores, molds, and yeah. funguses in there. I'm like, oh, that's cute. It's like um before we ask these two, when Venkman comes out of like the hotel like ballroom thing, mm. he's yeah. like, we came, we saw, we kicked its ass. That was like him. Just saying it, and like the take yeah. before, he said something completely different. But then they did that was like take two, and Ron was like, "Yep, that's the one." Next, like that's that was yeah. fucking perfect. Oh, I love the I the like. Oh wait, I've always wanted to do this, and he like does the tablecloth. Trick. Yeah, yeah, like that's just, that's <laughs> but, like that's just things like that. Bill Murray would just do stuff like that's yeah. not in the scene. They're meant to be in there. He's like, oh, "I've always wanted to do this," and just did it. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, just uh, keep going." Yeah, and it's I so hard to act against that because well, it's like. I think it. I think probably my favorite thing about this movie is the cast because they all ha- come from that kind of like SNL improv background. They can just riff off each other and have such good banter. They were like the powerhouse yeah, of SNL at exactly. the time. They were just. Killing exactly. it. It's like what Kat was saying before. If it was really polished and scripted, I don't think it would be on no. our list. God, no. It's no. those improv moments yeah. that really make it's it. It's literally a bunch of guys fighting ghosts. Yeah. And if you w- were like speaking in perfect English with no ums or like pauses or anything anywhere, you'd just be like, no, nah, this is, yeah. it doesn't feel right. If, yeah. I, if I just had to watch the, like, the main <coughs> story of this tro- crop to that, I don't know if I could say I would watch it again, but those side things really make it for yeah. me. I just mm. completely realised I didn't mention that Dan Aykroyd's um, grandfather wrote a book about ghosts and secular societies and that his family is like heavily involved in like the supernatural like study. <laughs> oh my and God. that like it was this- Real life ghostbusters. Like he went and did like comedy and acting and stuff to escape it all and then it was kind of came full circle with him writing this script. <laughs> oh, forgot, and like he's still like all about that life. That's so funny. To mention oh, that, shit. yeah. Do you, do you know if you know, he wouldn't have actually ever seen that the movie, would he? Who? Um, the oh no, but his parents are supposed to be like, well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cat. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Nick. Of course, yep. I watched it again. Sick, easy, easy. <laughs> How hard was that? <laughs> woo! Agreement. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. Um, next segment. What we've been watching and what we're excited for. That one. <laughs> you just couldn't be bothered saying that. Yeah, I was like, next next segment, go. I was like, someone on chief in here. I'll just say it if everyone's silent. Well, what, um, have, what have you been watching, Jacob? Well, are you I watched complete mental blank moment. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that was actually a show. No, I've like, never like, heard of that. I've been watching stuff, but like. Right now, my brain. Yeah, what have you been watching? Uh, Other than Ghostbusters, I've watched uh, and the Mandalorian, but we'll touch on that in a couple weeks. Also watched that. Uh, I watched the first three and last episode of Thirteen Reasons Why season four. Oh, why the first three and the last? Because it's fucking shit, and I didn't watch all of it. But I watched like I watched the first three a while ago, and my friend told me how it ends. So I was like, "Fuck that! That's shit! I don't want to watch that." But I I watched the last episode just so I could like you know, get some closure. Yeah. Get some closure. Fuck me. Uh, raise of hands. Who has watched some of it? At least? I've seen the first season, and then I was just like, "This is not for mm. me." I've watched about twenty minutes of the first episode. I've <laughs> seen none. I yeah. <laughs> I watched the first season and the third. I skipped the second one, but I watched the third one when I found out it was a murder mystery. But holy shit, this fourth one is like. It's not like you never would have thought it is was a show. Is that the one with the school shooter? Uh, or is that the second? I don't know. That, I think that was the end of the second season. Oh, okay. But 
essentially like uh, in the second last, no, in the last episode, you find out this guy has AIDS out of nowhere and he dies. Oh. <laughs> like not the main character, but he's like best friend. And it's like comes out of completely nowhere. And that's just kind of the end. Like it starts with a funeral and it feels like they got to the last episode and they're like, oh shit, we didn't say like whose who's, uh, funeral that is. And like they just kill off a character. Oh. But. Sick and good that, writing. I couldn't watch anything else, but um, I I want to bring it up because obviously oh, they too. couldn't get um, Catherine Langford back, who plays Hannah yeah, in the first she season. Dies. Yes, because she dies. But isn't and she also, in like the next season a she, lot anyway? She, she's in the next season. I, which I didn't watch, but then like after that, she's done. Like she leaves to do bigger and better things, like Knives Out. That scene in Endgame that was never read. Literally anything. Wait, what? Is yeah, she's 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 um t- grown up Tony Stark's daughter. And <gasps> when Tony Stark does the click, they had a conversation, but then they cut yeah. it because I was like, there's no context to who this person is. Oh. So they but cut also, it. to be fair, it's I fucking that, weird. Though. It does not yeah. fit at all. No, so. yeah, if you watch the scene, it's just like, <laughs> like, it's cool. This is weird, yeah. It's cool, but I was like, yeah, no, fuck that. That, that, doesn't make that makes sense. me happy that they cast her as... Yeah. Um, so she'll be back and, as... And they could in the future. Like, yeah, she'll become back as that character later yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Sorry, continue. <laughs> but uh, they show... I, I forget, there's some, like, Clay, the main character, gets, like, a speech at the end about, like, I don't know, about family or something. Actually, shit. I've seen the clip where he rages at a police officer with a school gunman on Facebook one time or something in season two or something. It's like a school shooter and then he's, like, the cops, like... I don't know. I've seen a clip. He pulls a gun's... Uh, a hol- uh, fuck. He pulls a cop's gun out of its holster and goes nuts. Like that whole last season, the dude's just going nuts, and it's really funny. Sick. <laughs> but, oh. but um, I feel like it's trying to tackle really heavy subjects, and I, I think it did it well with the first season. But then I think it was just like, okay, what else is like in popular media right now that we could tackle? Yeah, and it's, it's like, like why is this all the of same these show? Other, yeah, why it's like they, why yeah. is it happening yeah. to all these same people? Yeah. Like, and why are they going Obviously out of their way to humanise like, two rapist characters out of nowhere? Like, oh, yeah. it's very, ugh, it's it's very like odd. a girl killed herself, but, like, the dude, like, the, that, yeah, let's make him the, yeah. Yeah. But there's a scene where uh, Clay looks across the school gym and sees Hannah, but it's very clearly spliced from another season because she is out of focus. <laughs> but <laughs> the rest of the like, like she, you can see her clear enough, but all her the edges on her, they just cop cropped her, in are, are out of focus. Oh, and like, it's annoying. It's disgusting, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I've watched nothing good this week because of that. Fair, sick. Oh wait, no, I watched something on Netflix. What came out on Netflix recently? So oh, no. I watched something on Netflix too, but I can't remember what it was. You can go back and look at your watch history. Kat, what have you been watching? Well, recently? last night, so I watched Moneyball a while ago, back when I was at home. And last night I was like, oh, I want to watch something like that. But I'd already seen a lot of the movies. But then Lockie was like, oh, have you seen Steve Jobs? And I was like, no. And it's got one of my all-time favourite actors oh, yes. in it, Michael Fassbender. Um, and I've, yeah, I've seen that too. But yeah. when you said Steve Jobs, I was like, that movie sucks. But I was no. thinking of the Ashton Kutcher oh, yeah. version. Yeah, I, I I've never that seen too. that one. But yeah, it was so it was. good. And so I was watching it and I looked at him and I was like, that looks like it was filmed like on film. And so mm. because it covers, th- it covers essentially 14 years and three major launches. Yep. So the first 
um, part is set in um, 84 and it's filmed on like, a, I don't know, I can't remember, like 16 millimetre or whatever. So it's like really grainy, really bright colours, re- like looks visually really, really nice. And then I think 89 was like, I don't know, 32, What I don't know. I don't know, I'm probably getting this all wrong. And then the 98 um, was all digital. So it's like yeah. through the years. Yeah. And yeah, and I had no idea how much of an asshole he was. Yeah, man. <laughs> he is such a shit human being. <laughs> but yeah, really good movie. Well, highly recommend. Now it. he's dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not hurting anyone anymore. I remembered what I was watching. What, what were okay. you watching? Jeffy? I started the Queen's Gambit. Oh yes, it's so good. <laughs> I've watched five episodes. It's fucking great. It's yeah, really, really good. And it's funny because. I'm just going to admit to something here. Sure. When I was in primary school, I was captain of the school chess team. When I was in high school, I was the captain of the school chess team. We used to go to chess competitions. So I was like, I relate to this Good because I have you. done this before. Yeah. I was like, ha, That's this really is cool. wild. I had no idea. I, I, was, I taught myself how to play chess yesterday. Kat really? was telling us yeah. all about it in the car. Oh, play you in a game of chess, No, Kat. I'm not very good <laughs> at all. <laughs> I haven't played since in like six years, so... Yeah, as in high school, we were like, we joined the chess team because the teacher took us to chess team. We'd get like free Maccas. Oh, nice. Like either on the way or way back. But then we go to like, you get days off school just to go and play games in like Sydney and stuff against like other schools. So I was like, this is great. Yeah, missing school. Yeah, it was just like, fuck school, let's play, play chess. <laughs> were you any good? I was all right. I mean, I guess you were captain. So. I, I, there was this one kid. He was like two years below us. He was ranked like number seventeen in the seventeenth in like New South Wales or something. Like he oh, that's was like cool. he'd write down his moves and like you'd have to play with a clock if you played against him and stuff. And he went to um, Central Coast Grammar, and like I beat him in like five minutes or something. Oh wow! And I think we were like in year ten, so he would have been like in year eight. And he just started crying, and I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. But yeah, really, really yeah. good show. Yeah, fantastic. Highly recommend Queen's Gambit. It's all about yeah. chess and. Drama and drugs and stuff. It's great. Yeah. It's got chess a bit of drugs. it's got tre- yeah, chess and drugs. Yeah. What more could you want? Exactly. exactly. And yes. it's what like the fifth 50s. 50s? I think it starts in the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Can I like, jump in? Did you remember what you watched? Uh I didn't watch anything, but uh a trailer came out for We Can Be Heroes. Do you know what that is? I have no idea I what that it's is. It's a sequel to Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Oh, yeah, no, I saw that. Yeah, it looks yeah. terrible. Oh, but that is going to be so bad. great, though. It looks so bad. Yeah. Is, has it got the original cast? Um, Taylor Lawton has, Taylor has not returned. Not come back. Yeah, as tragic. <laughs> that would be the only. He hasn't been like anything it. lately. He's like full. He, does not. Here's a list of what he's done after Twilight. He probably doesn't need the money. Let's be honest. He did. did I, I don't know. He hasn't done much. Uh, he did Field of Dreams too. Uh, Sorry. Valentine's Day. Oh, yes. Abduction. Grown Ups 2. Traces. The Ridiculous Six. Scream Queens. Kaku. That's fantastic. Is it actually? Yeah, that TV series is fucking amazing. I thought that had Andy Samberg. So Andy Samberg's in the first season, and then Taylor Lautner's character comes in in the second season and, like, beyond. It's fucking hilarious. Is it a different character? Yeah. But, like... Isn't the guy's name Kaku? Yeah, it explains it in the show. It's fine. <laughs> Highly recommend it. It's fucking hilarious. Uh-huh. Andy Samberg, across from fucking Greg Daniels, is the funniest thing you'll ever watch in British comedy. Well, one of the funniest things you'll ever watch in like British comedy. It's fucking mm. fantastic. Interesting. 
highly recommend season one and then like season two and three and then it kind of goes off the rails a bit, but it's fine. Mm. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, um, and I know, I, I don't know what to think of this uh, sequel that's coming out. I'm probably not going to watch it because it doesn't even look like a family film. It looks like a kid's... Oh, oh it's a kid's, kid's film, thing. yeah. But why? Why not? Why not? Like, I feel like that's such a wasted opportunity to not make it for people our age too. I reckon it should have just been R-rated and just gone yeah, fucking... Yeah, actually. They, yeah, they, no, these kids were 10 when this came out. Now they're in their 20s they're, to 30s. There is Let's fucking go wild. Like, yeah. they've done that. Like, the... I mean, the spy kids are in Machete. Yeah, because well, Machete. One of them is. Yeah, because oh, Machete. Really? Well, yeah, because Machete's their, their uncle. uncle. He's in yeah. Spy Kids as the character Machete, and then there's Machete the movie, where he's just fucking hacking people up. Yeah, so it's great. like it's yeah. fine. It's the same universe. It doesn't yeah, matter. A, yeah, what a waste to not like. Yeah, because I saw the cast. And this is like, essentially the same universe as that, really. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so like, much. fuck it. Just go all out and just get Machete back. <laughs> <laughs> Machete's Shark Boy's uncle. <laughs> what if it it could just end violently? What if they're disguising it as well, a Pedro kid? fucking Pascal's yeah, like one of the main dudes like yeah. in the trailer. Like, That's ah. the, there's a lot of like cool people in there, so like it must be good, right? I'm gonna uh, watch it after the, we there's a lot of things with a lot of like good people in it. That suck. <laughs> uh, oh, Ghostbusters, no, Ghostbusters 2016. <laughs> James, what have you been watching? Um, other than Ghostbusters, I've only watched uh, last night. I rewatched a movie that I watched in 2017, or I think. Is it Ghostbusters 2016? It was not. <laughs> it was a bit. It was a bit better than that. Um, but it's I didn't remember hard. it very well. It was um, Sully. Oh, oh yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes, such You've a all good seen movie. That. Yeah, I um, I like. I remember watching it with friends a few years ago, but was kind of tired at the time and didn't take a lot of it in. I was like, I remember kind of liking that. Let's let's go back and have a look. And I really enjoyed the second one. Yeah, that's watch. good, yeah. It's like there's... Saw that at the movies. The most, the most I could give it for is there's just a couple scenes like early on that feel a bit weird, but I really like the way they structured it, like yeah. going back between yeah. when it happened and the review afterwards and everything. Yeah. Um, I've always really liked Tom Hanks as an actor. I think he does fantastically here. Um, just the the general vibe and the sound throughout it is just really good. I looked at it. Apparently, it was nominated for like sound editing or yeah. something. It's yeah. it's it's is is I really really like the movie. for a movie that like covers a major event like that. I think it's really hard to do it. Like, I mean, it's not hard to do it well, but, like, you look at something like, God, I don't know, what's something bad that covers a major event? I don't know, Kat, you're telling the story. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that, there was, like, a um, a movie with Charlie Sheen in one of the Twin Towers oh, yeah, during 9-11, like, stuck yeah. in a lift. Like, something like that's that. That's pretty fucked. And, but then you look at this and, it, I don't know, it's just it's a really good... I like, know what you mean. There are movies yeah. based on real, like, um, big okay. events that are, that don't do them justice yeah. at all. But this is done with yeah. a very, like, a light touch, but done very well. And not, like, yeah. trying to make anyone a hero. Even though, like, I mean, Sully is a hero, but it's, it's not, not too in your yeah. face. Yeah. He was just doing yeah. his job. Like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's kind of, I feel like, the yeah. point of the whole movie. Because is. he, I think he is quite a modest person anyway. And mm. I think it really, yeah. Yeah. At least true to that. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, but that's about all that I've watched this week. Yeah. I'm glad you watched something really good. Yeah. <laughs> we got, okay. Cool. Okay. Um, I think that's it, is yeah. it? Yeah. So anyone got anything? Not really. No? Um, 
I know. Okay, I'll wrap it up then because we've been going for over an hour. So, like, that's pretty good. Yeah, people's commutes are ending <laughs> or have ended. I don't know. They stopped listening 10 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, not work. <laughs> Too bad. Um, anyway, so you can reach us at watchagainpod at gmail.com or at watchagainpodcast on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Um, otherwise, leave a review on iTunes and all that shit and whatnot. Um, yeah, everyone's heard it. <laughs> yeah, um, you know the speed. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard me say it 55. Well, not really 55. Oh, wait. Got to give a shout out to my mum who thinks James's oh. um, voice is excellent. It sounds like Richard Feidler, which oh. is like a very high compliment. Oh, that's a very it. high compliment. Yeah. Told you know who in Richard the car. Yeah. yeah. I like Richard Feidler. I, I didn't, but I, Kat described him and I'm I'm very chuffed with that. Have compliment. you heard what his voice sounds like? Okay, we'll pull up oh, a clip afterwards. Yeah. yeah. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah. But thank you very much, Kat's mum. That made, that made my go. day. Oh. I always sound like I feel like I feel like I always sound like nasally or like there's something in my throat. Yeah, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, <laughs> my voice annoys you. But I think I, I talk a lot. My voice doesn't sound how I think it sounds. Send us an email reviewing each of our voices. That is so no, smooth. No, I don't how want is that, that. I don't so want smooth? That. Yes. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. I hate it. That's what mum was like. It's like it doesn't jump up or down. Yeah. It stays very. I feel level. like mine just is all over the place. Lucy's even said like James has a really good voice for radio. <laughs> But you kind you of go. look like a radio presenter too, I think. Are you saying that he has <laughs> a face, face for radio? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kind of looks like Marcus Paul a little bit. Yeah, he does. He does. The King Prawn, we'll explain that. Yeah. I've yeah. seen that on yeah. Friendly Jordan. Yeah, anyway, okay. we should okay, wrap yeah. up. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We will catch you guys next week. As always, I am your host, Jacob, and with me are... I'm Kat. I'm Nick. And I'm James. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ciao.